My name is Dan J. Gregory, and I am committed to hunting down the secrets of business mastery and human performance. My goal for the Unstoppable podcast is to share insights from some of the most successful entrepreneurs, inspiring thought leaders, world-class athletes, and prominent celebrities to help you to become unstoppable in business and life. Each week, I'll be bringing you a new interview with an inspiring person and sharing my own results as I pursue the answer to the question, how can I create the ultimate edge in my business, make a significant impact, and live an extraordinary life? To kick off the Unstoppable podcast, I've put together a very special 10-part series designed to help you to achieve your most adventurous goals this year. Each episode within this series will contain specific lessons to help you become unstoppable in business and life. And the first five episodes are available for download right now on iTunes and Stitcher. So please make sure you subscribe to the show to get the full 10-part series. Welcome to episode six of the Unstoppable podcast. We're really cranking now. We're more than halfway through this 10-part series. I'm really excited to be sharing more content with you today. In the previous episode, we looked at how to cultivate your unstoppable power and how to tap into your unstoppable state. It's one of my favorite episodes so far because of the content itself and how it's radically shifted the quality of my own life. In fact, before even getting into this podcast, before I started recording today's episode, I was using those techniques, you know, getting myself in the state required to deliver for you guys on this podcast. Now, I've had some great feedback from episodes one to five. Thank you so much for those who have reached out and contacted me to, to share your thoughts and ideas. Loads of feedback and appreciation for the content, which I'm really, uh, really honored to have received and some really good constructive advice in terms of how to deliver the podcast even more powerfully. So the first five episodes, really, they were quite scripted. Um, I really wanted to focus on getting that quality content out to you. I wanted the first 10 episodes to kind of be more like an audio book with the content that you can go back to over and over again. But what I found is from the feedback is that it's not allowing my personality to come through. It's not allowing that full power to come into the podcast. And the majority of people's feedback was that it'd be better if I delivered it in more of a live style environment. And it was really interesting because I was having a call with my coach and we were discussing. In fact, he asked me the question, what is one event or thing that has shaped who you are as a person? And I think that's a great question. And you know what? The first thing that actually came into my brain was the film Wayne's World. Now, if you haven't seen it, make it a must. It's an absolute classic. It's, uh, it's a very silly film. It's really shaped who I am today. And let me explain why. So the film is about this guy, Wayne, who is the presenter of this uh, cable access TV show with his partner, Garth. They're both long-haired rockers in the 90s, huge fans of Aerosmith. And they put on this show, which is an entertainment show, and they have guests on the show, and it's, it's very, very funny. Um, but the show has shaped who I am because Wayne himself is the character. He's a very happy-go-lucky guy. He's always smiling. He's always passionate. He's always energetic. He's always on a mission. You know, he'll get knocked down, but he'll get back up. And, you know, he's very focused on what he wants to achieve for his show. And he always maintains a positive outlook. So these are some of the characteristics that I certainly feel like I've taken on board having seen this film multiple times. Um, Whenever I need cheering up or 
uh, a good giggle, I'll put that show on. So when I was having this conversation, I said, I want the podcast to be more Wayne's World and just bring some more fun, more energy to the show. So that's what I'm going to be doing. I'll be firing live. So please bear with me. I haven't recorded in a live environment before. So there's a little bit of pressure. But when I look back on some of the reasons why perhaps I'd chosen to do it in a scripted fashion, drawing back on some of the content I've already shared with you guys, perhaps some of those things about fear and self-belief are the reasons why I chose to do it that way. In that I was worried that if I didn't produce the best quality content, no one would listen. And you know what happened as a result? Yes, I created some good content. I'm really pleased with what I've done. But the content really is in the delivery. You know, it's, it's the delivery that hopefully will get you guys engaged and coming back for more. So without a good quality delivery, I don't think the podcast is going to fly. So here I am live, no script, I've just got a framework and uh, some points to guide me through the episode. So you can expect the show to be a lot more Wayne's World going forward. So what is today's episode all about? Today's episode is all about how to develop five daily habits that will help you to get more done in less time and radically improve your productivity. Now, why have I selected this topic? This is an area that I know quite a bit about due to my own struggles in this area. I've always been an action taker. I've always been driven, very determined. But this factor of productivity was limiting my success. And when I reflect upon what was it really that was holding me back? It was the three P's of productivity. Firstly, procrastination. Yeah, I call it the silent killer. It's another form of fear. You know, when I was putting things off because I didn't think I was good enough to do them yet. And similarly, the second P, perfectionism. Again, it's fear manifesting itself, the fear of not being enough. I spoke in the previous episode, I started my audio book and and actually, again, the content was really, really good. I was really proud of what I was doing, but those little fears stopped me from progressing. That fear of not being enough, perfectionism. And the final one is prioritization, or in the case of myself, lack of prioritization. You know, so I may have this clear list of tasks and things I need to do to achieve my goals, but for whatever reason, would never do them in the right order. It's avoiding the important and doing the easy stuff first. And it's not always the easy stuff that gets things done. In fact, it's rarely the easy stuff that gets you where you need to be. So I've had the good pleasure of learning the hard way about productivity, but I've learned some really, really useful tips that I'm going to share with you today. And what it's enabled me to do is radically transform my productivity enable, to enable me to get more done in less time And most importantly, move me forward to the things that I really dream about bringing into my life. You know, I've got some big goals for the Unstoppable podcast, for the business program. And this newfound level of productivity has enabled me to push these things further forward than I'd ever imagined. So I'm going to share some things with you today, starting with a bit of a foundation. And then I'm going to share five daily habits that I've learned that will, in my opinion, seriously improve your productivity. So in terms of foundation, the first things first is big picture thinking. It's about getting clear on your outcomes. Because when we're looking at our to-do list and what we need to do on a daily basis, it's very easy to get caught up in this kind of short-term focus. When what we need to be thinking about is your long-term aims. So the way I personally look at this is I start with my one-year goals. And then I'll break those five to six goals down into 90-day plans, 30-day plans, weekly plans and then daily plans. So I start with the end in mind, the big picture of where I'm going for the year. And then everything I do will be shaped around that end goal. 
really chunk down into those time slots. So number one is to get clear on your outcomes to make sure that everything you're doing on a daily basis is moving you towards your big picture vision. And again, I'll call back to episode one. If you haven't figured out your one big thing yet, go figure that out because it will help you in everything we're doing on this 10-part series. The second thing is once I've got clarity on my outcomes specifically, I'll then create project plans. I call it project mapping. And the power of this is what you can do is take that end goal, the 12-month 12, the vision, and break it down into five big chunks. I keep it simple. I call it the power of five. So it'd be the five core components of that goal, the five major components of achieving that goal. So to give you an example, um, at the beginning of this year, one of my major goals was obviously to launch this unstoppable podcast. So I put together my project plan and the first five things for the launch were content, recording, publishing, promotion, and then the launch. So those five areas were, in my mind, the five most important areas I need to think about. And then within that project plan, what I will do under each of the five areas, I'll list absolutely all the actions that I believe I need to take to complete those headline outcomes to achieve the major goal. Once I've listed all of those actions, the next step I will do is I will look at what am I best at within those actions. You know, there's going to be things on there that really play to my strengths, what I call my zone of genius. You know, so the content creation, that's the piece I'm passionate about. That's allowing my voice to come through and share my message. Whereas some of the technical stuff, some of the production, it doesn't really fit with what I'm good at. You know, some of the technical stuff around setting the website up, some of the production of the sound, all of those things needed to be done to get this podcast out. But I'm not necessarily the best person to do that. So I look at the project plan and think, where is my zone of genius? Where must I focus my attention? And the rest... I use what I call the sliding desk syndrome. And this is really powerful. This is a lesson that I learned back in my corporate days in banking. I spoke about how I handed in my notice in one year before my 30th birthday. Well, in the final four weeks of my career at the, uh, uh, at the bank, which I worked for, once I'd handed in that notice, during those four weeks, I probably became a better leader than I had been during my entire eight years because I had this concept of, well, I'm not going to be here in four weeks. There's no point in me getting involved in any major projects. So I had this sliding desk approach, which was I wrote down all of my tasks and anything on there that I didn't personally need to do, I would either delegate, eliminate, outsource or systemize so that I took as much of the workload off my plate as possible so that I could just focus on doing what was an absolute must for me because I knew I was going to be leaving anyway. And do you know what happened? You know, I gave a load of work to my staff. At first, they were like, what, what's happening here? How can we give me all this stuff to do? And do you know what? They, they rose to the challenge. I gave them the opportunity to grow. All that time, I'd been sat on this mountain of stuff to do. And finally, I give it away. And these guys grow into it. And they, they smash it. And our results that month were some of the best results we'd created all year. It was crazy. Uh, because I was just focusing on the things that I needed to do and the things that I did best, which was lead the team and get the results. None of the admin stuff was really my bag. So that sliding desk syndrome, apply that to your project plans. When you've written out all your lists, think about what can you delegate? Are there people that you're working with that you can give other tasks to that they can do better than you can? What can you outsource? If there's something that you cannot do yourself, don't try and learn it if it's not one of your skill sets. Outsource it. You can do it very affordably. I use sites like Fiverr, for example. And then what can you eliminate? There'll be things on the list that don't even need to be done. They're not important. You know, ask yourself, is this an important task? And there'll be things on there that are routine tasks. 
So anything that needs to be done on a routine basis, you can systemize so that you don't have to think about it on an ongoing basis. So my question to you is, what can you get off your desk? And finally, once you've got that project map, you've got a list of all your actions, you've worked out exactly what's important to do and what you're personally going to be doing, the next step is to set milestones and deadlines. So if you've done this for a 12-month plan, for example, I'd then break that down to 90 days, 30 days, 7 days, and daily milestones so that you can track that and set, set deadlines on all of those key mile markers as well so that you've always got something you're working towards. And then step three in terms of the foundational stuff, it's weekly planning. So you've got that big headline goal. You've got your project plans and maps in place. And by the way, those project plans, I try and get down onto one page. The actions, I'll move on to my to-do list. You know, that's going to be a longer list of things to do. But I want a one-page document that I can use as a working document. And then I'll use that working document every single Sunday to have a weekly planning session. So I look at my headline goals, I get my project maps out, and I work out where am I against that project map And what needs to happen this week to move it forward? What are the most important tasks? This weekly planning process has been one of the single most important factors in radically changing my own performance. It gives you real clarity on your goals and how far you've got to go and how far you've come. What needs to happen to get there? It's incredibly powerful. You know, in the years gone by, I remember, you know, having these ambitious goals at the beginning of the year and I may not look at them again. It's crazy. You know, if you've got these big goals, you need to be looking at them daily and having a real concentrated focused time on a Sunday or a Saturday. It doesn't matter when it is, what day it is, just once a week where you'll take an hour, two hours of your time out to review what you're doing. Is it working and what needs to happen? So those are the three foundational steps. Number one, big picture thinking, getting clear on your outcomes. Number two, creating project maps for each of your major goals, thinking about the power of five, the five core things that need to happen for each goal, focusing in on your zone of genius, and then having a weekly planning sessions to get clear on what that next week is going to look like. These three steps alone will radically change your performance, but I've got five daily habits that will absolutely skyrocket your performance. First things first, number one is to wake up early. You know, I used to be the kind of guy that would set my alarm as late as possible so that I could have the minimum amount of time to get ready and get to the office. This is back in my corporate days. It's amazing what the power of a big goal will do to make you get up earlier. But if you get up early, get fresh, get ready to rock, it gives you that clear time to plan your day. And secondly, it gives you the time to have a really solid morning routine to get you in a state of mind to be ready to take on major tasks. It's going to be a topic of a future episode, but I have a solid morning routine where I'll get up, meditate, hydrate, uh, work out, move my body, focus in on my journal, read, have my accountability call, a number of these tasks that I do every single morning to get myself ready for a really powerful day. But obviously, a most important process of that is getting focused on what I need to do. And that brings me to step two, something I call MITs. MITs stand for Most Important Tasks. We've talked about the project map and the list of actions. And I've also talked about how in the past I struggled with prioritization. This process of MITs will get you to hone in on the very most important tasks that you need to take every single day to move your business forward. What I do every single morning is I will select three to five tasks that I must get done that day in order to progress my goals. So I'll take my plan from the week, which I did on the weekend, and then I'll choose every single day three to five tasks from that weekly plan that I'll do that day. I might have a list of 20 things that I need to do in the day, 
but those three to five things are the most important tasks that will move my primary outcomes forward. And I have relentless focus until those three to five things are done. It's called putting the big rocks first. You know, it's a concept that has been talked about many, many times before, but this prioritization approach and putting first things first to get you results. So when you write that list of MITs, your number one thing, your most important thing must be at number one on the list. You know, if there's one thing that you do that day that radically will change your results, put it at number one and make sure the first 90 minutes of your day are focused on doing that one major task. Now, the way I manage my tasks, I'm a big fan of to-do lists. I've used paper books. I've used all kinds of different apps. But I love having the convenience of being able to access these apps. So I haven't always got my journal with me with my with my task list in there. So I use a number of apps to help me manage my time. Firstly, I use an app called Todoist. I'll put it in the show notes for you so you can uh, go and have a look. But what's great about Todoist is it will enable you to write out your project plans within the tool. And you can then move each task as it becomes relevant into your daily to-do list. And you can schedule it by time. You can sync it with your calendar. So it's very, very powerful, not only in terms of project planning, but mapping out your day and scheduling as well. The next piece is when I'm planning my day is I'll do as much as I can as possible to batch my tasks. What does that mean? So batching is where if you've got four or five similar tasks, so for example, in the recording of this podcast, I'd normally batch the preparation of my episodes. So I'd prep maybe three or four episodes together because I'm in the mindset of prepping. I'm in the mindset of content. And then when I record, I record together because it keeps me in flow and I don't have to keep mismatching the energy between preparation and recording. The next thing to think about under the MITs is what I call a DMO, having a DMO. A DMO is a daily method of operation. And this is for the things that are routine tasks. You know, so in your business, for example, it could be social media management. It could be communicating with your team, whatever it is, the stuff that you do on a daily basis without fail. I call that your DMO. And it's about scheduling that daily method of operation within your schedule so that you get it done without fail every single day. Because it's very easy to let something slip that's important for your business. So focus on the things that need to be done routinely. I call that your DMO. Put that in your schedule early on in the day and then move into your MITs. The next piece is how to get the stuff done. So once you've identified your most important tasks, they've got to happen now. So uh, the way to do that is uh, what I've learned has been most effective for myself is having 90 minute bursts of activity. So as soon as the clock hits go, when I start my day in the morning, I will schedule 90 minute blocks to complete my task within. And what I'll then do to chunk it down even further is I'll separate those 90 minute blocks into three 30 minute chunks. And typically I will go really deep for those 30 minutes and take a very short break. And then I'll jump straight back into the next 30 and repeat. And this is modeled upon what's called the Pomodoro technique. It's about where you work for 25 minutes and take a five minute break every 30 minute slot. Now I don't necessarily take a five minute break, but it might just be a quick check in on myself. Am I energized? Am I hydrated? Am I doing the right thing? Am I focused? How am I getting on? Am I on track? So every 30 minutes, I'll have that natural break very quickly just to get focused and back in the game. So I would recommend scheduling your day in 90-minute chunks. So if you start at 9, 9 till 10.30 is MIT1 or DMO1. And you spend the 90 minutes getting those most important tasks done. And the important thing here is with the 30-minute chunks, if you've got a major task that actually has multiple components then you break those components down into those 30-minute slots. If you want to measure your productivity in doing this, 
You can use the Pomodoro apps that are available to you. I use Pomodone. Again, I'll put that in the show notes for you, which enables me to actually sync the tasks on my task list with the Pomodoro app so I can actually allocate the time specifically to an individual task. And then I use something called Toggle, which is T-O-G-G-L, to actually track the amount of time I'm spending on each particular task. And what that will do is create a daily summary, a weekly summary, and you can get reports on everything you're doing so you can track all your time. So at the end of the week, you can say, okay, how much time have I spent on marketing? How much time have I spent on admin? How much time have I spent on financials? How, many t- how much time have I spent on sales? And you can see if you've got your tasks in the right balance. The next thing, number four, is to manage interruptions. There's nothing that can interrupt your progress more than outside factors that aren't on your schedule. This can include things like calls, emails, social media, web browsing, notification addiction. If you've got your phone by your side and it's flashing away, it's become the new inbox. You know, when your phone's blaring out these notifications all day long, they're distractions. So you have to take steps to minimize the distractions. Either put your phone in something like flight mode so that you don't get anything coming through or turn the sound off or just put it in a separate room so it doesn't affect your day social media is the next one you know how much time is wasted i'd love to see statistics globally on how much time is wasted during the working day on social media whether it's facebook twitter instagram countless amount of time is wasted but there are steps that you can take firstly of course Try being disciplined. And secondly, there's some tools available which are very powerful to manage your time online. There's a tool that I personally use called Rescue Time. And what Rescue Time does is it operates in the background on your phone and on your laptop. And it will track the amount of time you spend doing certain things. So it will know when you're on Facebook, for example. So you can log in at any time and you can see how many hours you've either used productively or wasted on Facebook. You can see how much time you spent on your website. You can see how much time you spent on email. So you can really then take a helicopter view and say, is what I'm doing now going to help me move forward? That's a very powerful thing to do. So I'd recommend installing Rescue Time. I'll put it in the show notes for you. Uh, In terms of calls, yeah, I used to pick up the phone whenever it rang. But actually now I'm, I'm too busy to answer the phone. You know, today's schedule, if I start answering phone calls... There's no chance I'll get everything done that I need to do today. And that's, that's more important. You know, the calls can wait. I can schedule the calls in. That's not a problem. Yeah, you know, I'll make time for calls and I have flexible time where I can call people back. But calls in, text messages in, emails in, they're all interruptions of other people's agendas affecting your daily performance. So take steps to limit that because otherwise, you know, you're going to be constantly fighting fires. Emails are a big one. I remember hearing on the radio some horrifying statistic about how many hours a day people spend on email. You know, I got to the point where I was, especially in the corporate world, I was, I was constantly accessing my email. I've actually gone the op- polar opposite way now. I don't check my email enough. You know, I get to the week, uh, the weekend, and as part of my weekly review process, I'll clear out my inbox, and it's usually absolutely hideous. You know, there's just thousands of emails in there, um, some of which may have been important. So I need to improve and actually schedule some time daily. What I would recommend and what was most effective for me was when I spent two slots a day. You know, I'd set schedule, say, for example, 10 o'clock in the morning or half 10 when I've done my first 90-minute sprint, not accessing any emails before you've done your first burst of work, and then perhaps at four or five in the afternoon when you've got the bulk of your work done for the day. By doing that, you set the standard for yourself, but also your customers, your team members, they become responsive to how you use your email. And you can go a step further. What I've also done is added an autoresponder so that when 
people send me an email, it'll automatically tell them that, you know, in the interest of productivity, I check my emails twice a day, 10 o'clock, 4 o'clock, whatever the times are at a particular time. So I can manage people's expectations because if people are waiting for a response from me, at least they'll get that auto response saying, look, I'll, I'll respond to you at 10 o'clock or 4 o'clock. Finally, number five is what I call cultivating a low information diet. You know, we live in a world where we are totally 100% bombarded with information. It's crazy. Back in the day, people had to get a newspaper to catch up on the news. Now you can download blogs, you can get apps that will give you the news, you can get the news on freaking Facebook, it pops up on the right-hand side. You're bombarded with information. So it's about finding ways to manage information in a way that you're only using the information that's relevant to your personal outcomes. You know, there's so much crazy bad news out in the world. You know, I've just removed myself from it because I want to stay positive. I want to stay focused on what's important to me. Think about all the things that come into your mindset every single day, whether it's the news, whether it's the radio, how much of that stuff is useful. Emails, blogs. Now, I'm a big fan of reading blogs, but there are tools available, things like Feedly, which I use regularly, where I've actually batched all my blogs that I read into one place and then I can allocate a time during the day to actually access those blogs. And then secondly, it's about cultivating an attitude of using only the information and learning only the information that you need right now. now I've been a total information junkie in the past, especially when I was starting my business. You wanted to learn everything from social media to video marketing to webinars to online course building to other streams of income. And I'd go and learn all this stuff. And it's not relevant. If you're not going to use it right away, what's the point in having the knowledge? So only learn the stuff that you can use right away. And then finally, on the low information diet piece, is about what, having what I call mind-like water. So your brain can be flooded with all kinds of thoughts and things and feelings. Cultivate the habit of daily writing down everything that's on your mind and getting it off your mind and onto paper, whether that's in a journal or something online. I use something called Evernote. It's a really powerful tool for taking notes and it's in the cloud. So you can have it across all your devices. It's with you all the time. Take five, 10 minutes, 15 minutes a day at the end of your day to write down everything that's on your mind, whether it's ideas, thoughts, feelings, things that you want to work on in the future, get it all down. Because what tends to happen is if you get all these new ideas, you, you start thinking about what's next rather than what's now. So take the time out every single day to, to journal on those things that are on your mind. And you know what? You'll sleep better at night because you've not got all these ideas flowing around in your brain. So with that being said, that's a lot of information, the five daily habits. I'm just going to recap for you because we've gone through a lot. So the first thing was setting the foundation with your big picture thinking, setting up your project maps, and then planning on a weekly basis. And then your five daily habits, having the discipline of an early start and a morning routine to get yourself ready to start the day. Secondly is establishing your MITs, your most important tasks, your priorities, your big rocks, putting them first thing in the day, managing your DMO, your daily mode of operation, and batching your tasks for effectiveness. Number three was then to have 90-minute sprints where you chunk down your day into 90-minute chunks. Number four is to manage interruptions, getting a handle on all those calls, emails, and social media notifications, etc. And then number five is your low information diet, making sure that you're only using the information that's most relevant to you at any given time and not falling into the information junkie trap. I hope that this has been really useful. I know these five habits will transform your productivity and help you to get more done in less time. Get those desks sliding, work out your MITs, what's on your agenda for today. Love to hear about it. 
Come on over to the unstoppablepodcast.com forward slash productivity to share what's on your agenda. You'll be able to download the show notes and see all of the steps we've talked about today in detail. I have also just launched the Unstoppable Mastermind, which is a private Facebook group where I'll be sharing even more content to help you become unstoppable in business and life. So come and join the fun over at unstoppablepodcast.com forward slash tribe. Thank you so much once again for listening in to the Unstoppable Podcast. Please remember to subscribe on iTunes to make sure you receive the full 10-part series and every episode going forward. And while you're there, I would be hugely grateful if you would please leave a five-star review to help spread the word. In the next episode of this 10-part series, I'll be exploring the concept of identity and how the way we see ourselves affects the way other people see us. Cannot wait to share this with you on the next episode. In the meantime, know that you're unstoppable. Rock on. Q Wayne's Wild Music. <laughs>